You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Uh, in the book of Mark, you can turn over there, Mark chapter number 8. I wonder this morning, how is your vision? How is your vision this morning? Uh, are you able to see clearly? How's your vision? How do you see? Can you see me? How many fingers am I holding up? How's your vision? Uh, are you focused this morning on the right things? Now, I could be talking about the roast you got in the, uh, in the oven or the crock pot at home uh, or work that's later today. Uh, but, uh, but just in life in general, are you focused on the right things? When's the last time you've had a checkup? When's the last time you've had a checkup on your vision? Now, no, I'm not trying to get you to make an appointment with the eye doctor this morning. Uh, I'm talking about a greater vision than physical sight. The only thing worse, Helen Keller once said, Helen Keller, uh, right after she was born, she lost her hearing. Uh, she wasn't able to speak. She wasn't able to see. And she said the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. The only thing worse than being blind is having sight, but having no vision. And I want to preach today about our 2020 vision. That's so original, I bet nobody ever would have thought of it. Our 2020 vision. My uh, dear Caitlin recommended, she said, that's what you ought to preach about today. And I told her, that's what I'm preaching about. But uh, with that in mind, would you please look with me in Mark chapter number 8 and verse number 23. And I want us to do kind of maybe a little checkup this morning uh, on our vision. Mark chapter number 8 and verse number 23. The Bible says, And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. And he looking up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. See, this was a man that had trouble with his vision. Now, initially, he had great trouble with his vision. He was utterly blind. But Jesus came and touched him, and Jesus said, look up, what do you see? And as he looked, he saw, he could see figures, he saw men, but he couldn't make them out. He couldn't see very clearly. And Jesus said, do you see all? He said, I see men as trees walking. And so Jesus touched him again. So right in this passage, we see two, uh, two vision issues that I want to try to hit about this morning. When Jesus walked the earth, He famously healed a number of blind people. And I want to say today that He is still passing by and He is still touching blind people. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about physically blind people, though he's still able to do that. I'm talking about something greater than that. See, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3, But if our gospel be hid, the good news, amen, of the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ, if it be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. 
in whom the God of this world, and if you're following along, you'll notice that God is a lowercase g, the God of this world, the God of this present age. It's actually a reference to Satan. So listen, if our gospel, the good news, is hid, the Bible says it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world, in whom Satan hath blinded blinded the minds of them that believe not. I mean, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. You wonder what's wrong with the world today? I submit to you this morning that it's spiritual blindness. It's people that do not see the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, we're not a people today proclaiming a religion. and We're not just some, uh, you know, people that's living some blind faith. We, we, have, we, we are people that were once blind, but like John Newton said, I once was lost, uh, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. We're a bunch of people that at one point we were blind, but praise God, now we see. And God's made a difference in our lives. And we have a wonderful message to proclaim the gospel, which means the good news. The good news that you can see. The good news that you can have your sins forgiven. The good news that you can find your purpose and the abundant life on this earth. I mean, what, what a great message that is. But it's hidden to so many. Why? Because they are blind to that. People are walking in moral darkness because they are living in spiritual darkness. And I'm telling you, there's not there, everyone in here is one of two categories. Either you are blind spiritually or you were blind spiritually speaking. Everybody. No one came into this world enlightened. Uh, you know, we, sometimes people will say things like, I was born a Christian. Now, I understand if somebody is saying that just to say I was born into a Christian home and I was raised in a Christian home. But folks, that does not mean that you were born a Christian. The Bible is very clear that every last one of us were born sinners into this world. Amen. Amen. Which means we were blind. Which means we didn't see. And I'm telling you, that's where every one of us have lived at some point in our life. But oh, happy day. Happy day. Whenever I walked into a church, uh, it was for a funeral. I wasn't even trying to go to church, folks. I was just going to a funeral for my friend's grandpa. And praise God, the gospel was preached. And the Spirit of God moved. And the light of the glorious gospel of Christ shined unto me. And I began to see what I was, a sinner. But I began to see, even more importantly, the glorious Savior, amen, who come to pay the price for my sins. Glory to God. And I'm glad there was a day that He touched me, amen, so to speak. And I put my faith and trust in Him that day. And I want to tell you something. I've never been the same. Now, I've never been what I ought to be. But I've never been quite what I used to be. Amen. Why? Because I once was blind, but now I see. And by the way, can I just interject something right here? When we, uh, when we uh, interact with a lost and a dying world, may I remind you that the unsaved world around you are blind? You know, you would be a pretty sorry person if you got mad at a blind person if they bumped into you. Or bumped in and knocked something over that was important to you. I mean, can you imagine just telling that person off, what's your problem, man? 
I mean, some of you probably can, but anyway. Uh, but I, I, that you wouldn't be a very good person to do that. But what's the difference between a lost and a dying world? You know what? They're lost. They don't see. They don't know any better. So you know what they need? They need somebody to love them. Amen? They need somebody to care about them. They need somebody to give the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. It, it takes the Spirit of God, it takes the Word of God to give and open the eyes of the lost. And I want to say here today that if you've never, uh, if you've never seen yourself as a sinner... If you've always thought, yeah, maybe I've sinned, but I'm a really good person. And I think when we get down to the end of things, God's going to weigh my, my good against my bad. And I think my good's going to outweigh my bad and all that stuff. Folks, that's not the way it works. Understand this. That's what I used to think. But if it worked that way, Jesus wouldn't have needed to die. He needed to die for us. He had to die for us because I'm telling you, even the very best we can do is not good enough to, number one, erase the stain of sin, the fact that we're all sinners anyway. Uh, and number two, it's not enough to make us righteous in the sight of God. So Jesus Christ came. So what do you need to see? You need to see that you are a sinner. But you need to see also, I just, I just say this because do you remember this? I remember understanding, Dan, for the first time why Jesus went to the cross. And I know y'all heard me say this many times, but get used to it. Amen. Because I'm, I'm still excited about it. Amen. Uh, I, I remember realizing why Jesus went to the cross. I'd always believed He I was not blind to the fact that Jesus went to the cross. I was not blind to the fact that He died on the cross. I was not blind to the fact that He rose again the third day. Uh, I, I believed all that I guess I had remembered learning about Christ. Uh, but here's the thing. I was blind to the fact of why He did it. And when I realized He did that for me, He purchased the gift of salvation for me, and that I needed to accept and receive this gift of God. Folks, what a day that was. Amen. When I accepted Him as my Savior. And I want you to, and again, I've already said it hasn't been the same since. But now, so if you're here today and you have not yet accepted Christ as your Savior, I invite you to do so today. Oh, my friend, there's, there's not a person that has ever regretted trusting Christ. I've met people and they said, oh, I've tried church before. <laughs> well, I apologize. Amen. I've tried religion. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, but folks, you need Jesus. Amen is what you need. You need to try Jesus because the fact of the matter is when you put your faith and trust in Him, you'll never regret it. Amen. Because it's not a creed. Amen. But it's a relationship. Amen. It's something you can have with Him. So if you don't know the Lord today, He will make you... He, he may this morning be trying to make you see right now, even as I speak, as the Spirit of God and the Word of God work together in your heart. But not only is there out and out blindness, but just like with this man that we just talked about, there's some of us that are saved by God's grace, but we need a fresh vision. There's some of us that may not see properly. Jesus said, how do you see, man? He did a little eye test. What do you see on the chart out there before you? And it's like, man, it looks like trees out there walking around. Jesus, I know you need another touch. And you know what I want to say to you today? I believe there's a lot of us, amen. I believe Up Point Baptist Church, I think we need another touch this morning. Amen. I think we need another touch, amen, that we may see things the way God sees things in, uh, in the, in, 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 th through His eyes. Uh, this man serves as an example of someone who has trusted Christ the Savior but doesn't have 20-20 vision. He, he has impaired vision. Now, why does it matter this morning, spiritually speaking, how you see things? 
The Bible says in Lamentations 3.51, Mine eye affecteth mine heart. My eye affects my heart. What I see affects how I feel. And let me tell you something. What you feel affects what you do. So it's very important how you see things. Now, I wonder here this morning, who among us has some sort of problem with their physical vision? Anybody? Any problem with their physical vision? Evan wants me to say, I got 2015 vision. Amen. Okay, congratulations. Uh, but, uh, but many of us have, uh, have uh, problems with our vision. Now, I learned that I needed glasses, I think, about eight years ago. Now, I didn't think that I needed glasses. I'm not old. I'm not handicapped. I don't need glasses. I could see just fine. Melanie sometimes would question my vision, you know. We'd be out somewhere and she, she'd read something. I'm like, what was that? She's like, you, can you not read that? You don't see that? And I'm like, no, it's just because you've got your glasses on that you can see that. You know, you, there's, there's nothing wrong with my vision. You just can see better because of those glasses you're wearing. I, I would protest. But I finally began to relent and admit that maybe I didn't have great vision. I started saying, you know what? Maybe my vision's not great, but I still don't need glasses. I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, but you know, sometimes you don't know what you're missing, right? Um, but, but I don't need glasses. But I, I can still remember so a couple of, I remember vividly actually, two instances that really it started hitting to me and I had to admit it. Number one, I remember driving down the interstate and looking for a particular exit and Melanie says, oh, here it is. And I'm like, you can read that? She's like, yeah, you can't read that? I'm like, huh. And then I remember later on, though, this is where it started getting serious. I remember later on, I was standing at a fast food joint trying to look up at the menu and I couldn't hardly make the menu out. Well, now my vision, if it's getting between me and food, right? I couldn't hardly make the menu out. I'm like, why are y'all making that thing blurry up there? Is that some new hip thing to do? I couldn't see. And so finally, you know what I did? I went to the doctor. I gave in. I went to the doctor. He ran some tests. He asked me how I saw, how do you see this, you know, and all the different things. Uh, that he, he did a test and, and, and found out that I'm farsighted and I needed glasses. And uh, I can, I tell you, it was a pretty cool thing. Though. I remember putting them glasses on. Uh, I got them at Walmart. And I remember walking through Walmart thinking, man, I can see people. You know what? I'm still stubborn about my glasses. And I take my glasses off as much as I can. But when I do, I still can't see very good, at least out there. Y'all get really fuzzy and furry. Fuzzy anyway. I don't know if some, some of you is furry, some of you is fuzzy. But, and maybe I'm just seeing things for real, but... But, but the point is, it gets real awkward sometimes because I'll see somebody at Walmart and I won't have my glasses on and I think they just glanced at me. And I'll think, oh, I think that's Richard. And so I don't want to be rude. It looks like Richard to me. And so I'll say... <laughs> and then I'm kind of getting closer. Then they're just looking at me like... It's not Richard, amen. It's a five-foot-tall woman, you know, and it's... Uh, but with that, it gets, it gets awkward sometimes when I, because I still am reluctant to admit my vision issues, okay? So I don't know if any of you with glasses, some of you had to have, have had to wear them your whole life and, you know, they can be frustrating. But, uh, but what is 2020 vision? 
2020 vision is a term to express normal vision acuity or the clarity or sharpness of vision. It's measured at a, at a distance of 20 feet. So if you have 20-20 vision, you can see clearly at 20 feet what should normally be seen at that same distance. So to contrast that, if you have 2100 vision, it means that you must be as close as 20 feet to what a person with normal vision can see at 100 feet. So 2100 means the normal person can look there and see it very, very clearly. But I need to get within 20 feet of it. That's 2100. 2020 doesn't really mean necessarily perfect vision. Um, but, uh, but, but what it means is it's, it's just an indicator of the sharpness or the clarity of vision at a distance. Other important skills include peripheral awareness or side vision, eye coordination, depth perception, focusing ability, and color vision. Contribute to your overall ability, your overall visual ability. Now, I'm, I'm telling you about these physical eye conditions for one reason. Because I believe when God decided He was going to use vision, physical vision, as a comparison to spiritual vision, He did so because He knows all about vision. And He knows all about elements of seeing. And so, we think about these errors of seeing. There's several refractive errors uh, are the most frequent eye problems in the United States. Ref refractive errors include myopia. That is nearsightedness. Nearsightedness. So nearsightedness just simply means, uh, oh yeah, that's what I have. I said I was farsighted. I'm nearsighted, amen? I can't remember which one it is. I can see up close, but I can't see far away. You're welcome, amen? Some of you, that was driving you crazy. I can't wait to tell him he's wrong about that. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, I am nearsighted, okay? Uh, so, that, so I'm able to see things up close, but not far away. You know, that's how we can get spiritually sometimes. We can see things up close, but if we're not careful, we forget to look down the road. Uh, the Bible says in Hebrews 12 too, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18 says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look. Not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are unseen are eternal. Sometimes we, we fail to see the big picture and see the big plan that God has for our life. Sometimes we're myopic. But there's another uh, uh, vision element that I mentioned uh, originally, been farsighted. Hyperopia. And in Hebrews 13, 5, that reminds me of this. So you're farsighted. You can see well far away, but you don't see good up close. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, verse 5, and be content with such things as you have. See, somebody that is farsighted, spiritually speaking, they can look out ahead and they spend a lot of time looking out there, but they fail to see what's around them. And, and, and the context oftentimes of this farsightedness are people that are going through difficulties. People that are going through troubles. Because all they can see and all they can look forward to is a day when things are better. A day when hopefully all this goes away. And what they fail to realize sometimes is to look around at the things that are close. To look around at their family. To look around at the blessings, the, the provisions that God has given to us. There's many farsighted Christians, and you can know you're farsighted if here you are, blessed so richly by God, but because of your vision issues, you can't even recognize it. 
You can't even recognize it. What do you recognize? All you seem to be able to recognize is the problems. All you seem to be able to recognize is the negative. All you seem to be able to recognize is your own failures or whatever it may be. And God is saying, you need to get a closer look. You're having a problem seeing close up. So there's farsightedness. And, but not only that, but there's also uh, pres, presbyopia, which means to lose to, the, the loss of uh, focusing ability. The loss of focusing ability. This is some that as you get older, you can uh, macro degeneration and so forth. Uh, there, there's a problem with focusing. The Apostle Paul said this, Philippians 3.13, This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. So in other words, have you lost your focus? How is your focus uh, going into this 2020? Is it a 2020 focus? Amen? Is it having a focus on the things that matter, the things that are important, making sure your time is spent on things that matter, uh, having a long-term goal, and having some short-term goals that you make sure are helping you go in that direction. Can you stay focused? Can you look around and say, okay, this is starting to pull me off in this direction, but this does not lead me toward my long-term goal. So you know what? I'm going to get focused on what matters. I'm going to get focused on what's right. How many people spend their lives focusing on the wrong things? This would be a good point, a good, good way to use that verse looking unto Jesus again, amen. This would be a good place even to use Matthew uh, 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I tell you, those, those of you that are seeking and hoping and praying for a husband or a wife to come along, uh, maybe a job or a future, uh, maybe whatever it might be, you know what you really need to be seeking? The Lord. Seek the Lord. And you know what God will do? If you seek the Lord, He will in due time provide that which He has for you. Amen? And so there is a presbyopia. And there's cataract. There's, this is an interesting one. You say, I did not come to church for an eyelash. Well, listen, I'm trying to help you this morning. Amen? There's cataract. Uh, we've had a couple people in the church that just recently got cataract removed. Man, are they excited that they can see. Cataract is a clouding of the eye's lens, and it's the leading cause of blindness worldwide. Think about that for a moment. Most people that are blind in the world are blind because of cataract. But here's what's the thing about cataract? It's treatable, right? It's treatable. But uh, the, 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 the treatment for the removal of cataract is widely available, available, but there's access barriers. There's lack of awareness. Folks, there are blind people in the world today that have no idea that there's a possibility that they could see. That, there, that, there, that there's a procedure that can be done that can restore their sight. They have no idea. You know what that reminds me of, folks? It reminds me of a lost and a dying world. The world, you know what? Their blindness can be healed. There's means available for them to be able to see. But a lot of them don't know it. They don't know anything but their blindness. And it's up to us, amen, by the grace of God, to spread the good news here, to help support those that spread the good news abroad. By the way, maybe even for somebody and, and people from this church to go abroad and begin to plant churches and reach souls for Christ. Oh, my friend, listen, uh, helping people see that great need. Uh, I got a couple of these I just got to share with you. They're just too good, at least for me. I'm enjoying it if you're not. Glaucoma. There's two major categories of glaucoma, open angle and closed angle. 
glaucoma. Open angle glaucoma is a chronic condition that progresses slowly over a long period of time without the person noticing vision loss until the vision is, is until the disease is very advanced. Uh, uh, so glaucoma, open angle glaucoma is called the sneak thief of sight. There's some of you that used to have a vision. There's some of you that used to have a drive to do something for God, to reach your family, to reach your friends. But with, a, with an open angle glaucoma, gradually you're losing vision. Gradually you're not seeing things anymore and you may not even realize it. But you know what God's doing this morning? He's saying, hey, I can touch you again. I can restore that vision. I can restore that fire. I can stoke those coals and stoke the fire. Amen. And get that vision alive again. There's amblyopia, which is also called lazy eye. I thought that was a good one. Lazy eye. Some people just have a lazy eye. Some people have lazy vision. Uh, I feel like I've got a little lazy eye working, especially when I get tired. Uh, but lazy eye is the most common cause of vision impairment in children. So I thought that was funny. Lazy eye children. It just made me laugh. Uh, they got lazy eye. Uh, amblyopia is the medical term that's used in the vision uh, to, to describe when the vision in one of the eyes is reduced because the eye and the brain are not working together properly. I'll say that again. The eye and the brain are not working together properly. Amen, young people. I'm not just picking on young people. Lazy, it can apply to all of us. Amen. But there's just, there's like a disconnect. Do you ever wonder, what's your, when you ever look at people and say, what's your problem, man? What, what, why are you doing this? Why, there's a disconnect between their brain and what, they, what they're doing. You know what? You may have lazy eye. You ever do that with your own self? Man, what am I doing? You might have lazy eye. Amen? Uh, you may have lazy eye. There may be a disconnect. All right? Um, and so uh, the brain is not connected. And, and now listen to this. I, I wanted to pick. When I read that, I just thought it was so funny. I was going to pick on the young people about it. But listen to this. Unless it's successfully treated in early childhood, amblyopia usually persists into adulthood. Then you have 40-year-old, 13-year-olds. Amen. But if, if, it's, if it's not successfully treated in early childhood, it will persist into adulthood. And, and, and the lesson there is this. Get your lazy eye dealt with. Amen. Let Jesus touch you again. First, first thing you need to do, you need to go to the great physician. You need to go to the doctor. He's trying to say, he's trying to give you a checkup this morning. And you may be sitting there saying, I don't need glasses. I see just fine. But, what, but what, what can happen is, man, and again, if you've ever had it, if you've ever had your prescription set right, or if you've ever had uh, you know, cataract removed, if you've ever put on glasses for the first time and thought, wow, look what I've been missing. Amen. I mean, I've, I've always enjoyed looking at my wife up close, but now I can enjoy her even from a distance. Amen. So this is great. Right? And uh, just to make her uncomfortable. But, but listen, what I'm saying is, it's a blessing. Don't fight it, amen. Let the Lord help you. Let Jesus touch you again. Come to the physician today and say, Lord, I'm having trouble with nearsightedness. Or I'm having trouble with farsightedness. I'm having trouble with lazy eye. I'm having trouble, Lord. I feel like my vision has slowly been fading for you. Uh, there's, a, there's, there's also uh, strabismus, 
That involves the imbalance of the positioning of two eyes. Uh, strabismus can cause the eyes to cross, which is estropia, and turn out, which is extropia. Strabismus is uh, uh, caused by a lack of coordination between the eyes. And as a result, the eyes look in different directions and don't focus simultaneously on a single point. Therefore, people with this condition, they stumble a lot. They may lose their balance a lot. They, they, they can't walk quite straight. They can't walk and, uh, and, and just do normal because their eyes are contrary. Their eyes are looking in two different directions. You know what the Bible says? That a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You know the reason why some of us stumble like we do? We don't have a single vision and a single focus. We're trying to look at the things of God, but we're also trying to look at the things of the world at the same time. Amen. And uh, and so uh, and sometimes I look, I'm talking to you and I'm like, which eye, which, which eye, which one are you looking out of? Where's your vision at? A double minded man is unstable in all his ways. Last one. Somebody can say amen on the uh, these uh, dry, these uh, eye conditions. This is one that this is another eye condition I suffer from. KCS for short. This one was really long. I wasn't going to try it. But KCS for short, which is another a fancy way of saying dry eye. Dry eye. It's annoying, man. My eyes will burn. I can't, I can't wear contacts. Got to do the... Uh, but dry eye. But someone once made this statement. I thought it was really good. Two indicators of a man's character is what makes him laugh and what makes him cry. Amen. May God help us to be stirred over the need of lost sinners. Help us to be stirred over the plight of others. I mean, the Bible says Jesus wept. Amen. But some of us suffer from dry eye. Amen. And so these are all common vision ailments. And these are all things that if we come to the Lord, He can touch us over. I'm not going to be able to give you, spend much time on this last part, but I just want to give it to you quickly. Uh, the, 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 how should our vision be? What should our 2020 vision be? Maybe I'll spend time on this next week, but what should our 2020 vision be? Our vision going forward into 2020 should be based on a course that was set in the first century church. And I'm not going to tell you to turn there for the sake of time. I'm just going to give it to you quickly. And when we look in the book of Acts chapters 1 and 2, I'm going to read and preach every verse right now. I'm just kidding. Uh, but in Acts chapters 1 and 2, we see, the, we, we see this first century church. And we see some things I want to give you quickly that they had a vision for. Number one, they had a vision for Christ. I'm glad that's the mess. I'm glad we started off with that today. Amen. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. You know why? Because they had a vision for Christ. You read through the book of Acts and you'll find out time and time again. You know what they were preaching about? Not a what, it was a who. Amen. They were preaching about Christ. So Jesus was the message, Jesus was the meaning. While, while they were there, they were doing what Jesus told them to do. They had a vision for Christ. They had a vision for the Comforter. They waited for the power of the Holy Ghost of God. They were willing to wait and pray. And folks, that's really been on my heart this year. I'm disturbed that we haven't had uh, more people saved in, in the, in the uh, previous months than what we've had come to the Lord. 
We've had so many coming. Man, we've had this church just packed out where there's not a seat. But you know what I want to see? I want to see some people come to Christ. Amen. I just want to see the power of God working. And I understand that's up to Him. But there's something we can do. We can, we can, we can pray and be endued with power. We have that power within us. Uh, but anyway, they had a vision for Christ. They had a vision for the Comforter. They had a vision for the Commission. They had a vision for the Commission. The Great Commission. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the Gospel. He said in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Judea and Samaria and Jerusalem and to the uttermost parts of the earth. I mean, listen, they had a vision for the commission. Amen. I mean, listen, every creature needs a preacher. We need to get the gospel out across the seas, across the states, and across the street. By the way, one of the things uh, that I'll be mentioning more of later is that uh, this year, literally, I'm, I'm wanting to do this sooner rather than later, I'm wanting, to I'm wanting to expand our ministry and I'm going to start having a Bible study in Akron, Iowa. And so for those that would be interested in trying to help me get that together, what am I trying to do there? we got so many people that come here from Akron. And you know what I want to do? I want to help reach your friends and neighbors. Amen? And your not friends because they need Jesus too. Amen. I, I, I believe because you think about the church at Jerusalem. And I'll just say this quickly. Again, I can't, can't dwell too much on any of these for this morning or this message. But think about the church at Jerusalem. How many people were saved in that first message? Anybody know? Anybody remember the first message that Peter preached there? 3,000. Now let me tell you something. They didn't have a church building. There was a temple, but that was not set aside for church use. So where did that church at Jerusalem have church? Where did they fit 3,000 people? I'll tell you where they fit them. Here and there. They were spread out. You know what, by God's grace, this church is going to be spread out. Amen? I mean, it's, it's not about just building some, you know, uh, giant here. Man, it's about spreading out. Amen? It's about seeing and, and being able to reach in other communities. And, and, and as the church grows, God's going to provide and we'll, be, we'll be, build, build a bigger building. We'll do what we have to do. But in the, as we do that, because see, the church is not a monument. It's a movement. And so what we want to see and what, what, what we need to see is reaching into other communities. Amen. I mean, listen, and, and so across the streets, across the states and across the seas, they had a vision for the commission. And then uh, and then lastly, they had a vision for the church. And these are things I was really wanting to emphasize today. So maybe I'll dig into these in depth last week. But the Bible says that when they had heard the word of God, when, the, when those at Jerusalem had heard the gospel, the Bible says they were pricked in their hearts. In other words, conviction. God smote them in their hearts and showed them their need for salvation. And the Bible says that they turned to the Lord. The Bible says they were saved by the grace of God. And you know what the Bible says after that? The Bible says, and as many as received, received the Word, the Bible says they were baptized and they were added to the church. You know what we need to see as well? We need to see folks here that are saved follow the Lord in believer's baptism if you haven't done so yet. And those that have done that to join the church. To join the church because that's the pattern we see at the very beginning. Amen. Uh, listen, God using the local church to accomplish great things for Him. Amen. So they had a vision for the church. And maybe we'll talk more about that on next week. But let's all stand, please. I'll be honest with you today. 
I have no reason to lie. And you say, I hope you're honest with me. You're up there preaching. And you got a good point. But I've had to pray many, many times. You know what? I almost feel like sometimes I have to pray it every day. Touch me again, Lord. Help me with my sight. What I was trying to do this morning is give us a checkup. Give us a checkup. If you're here and you're saved, maybe you can identify with some of those conditions that we talked about this morning. Is your vision fading? Are you having trouble keeping your eyes in one direction? Are you having trouble focusing? Are you, are, do you fail to see what God's doing right now in your life? How much He's blessed you right now? Or can you, can, can you not see the big picture about what God is ultimately doing? Even greater, maybe you're here today and you need that first touch. You're a wonderful person. People love you. But it doesn't mean that you don't need to be forgiven. Amen? Jesus loves you. He went to the cross for you. Have you seen your need for Him today? If you have, I invite you. I beg you, I beseech you. Come to Christ. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship. It's not about the church. It's about Christ. It's about knowing Him. Do you know Him today? If you don't, there's good, good news. Just as simply as Jesus touched those, that man's eyes, Jesus can touch you spiritually today. How does He do that? By revealing to you who He is. Showing you His glorious good news. But now... Him just showing you the good news doesn't make you saved. You know what does? When once He shows you that good news, you say you admit to Him, Lord, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and life and be my Savior. Believe on Him. Lean on Him. Rely on Him for your salvation. I love what the Bible says in Romans 10, 13. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You, what you must simply do to be able to see clearly is to pray a prayer from your heart. And it's maybe not these exact words, but to say, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I thank You that You went to the cross for me. You rose again for me. And Lord, I pray that You will come into my heart and life. And I want You to be my Lord and my Savior today.